Blue Wire. Here's Thielen wide open. Touchdown, Minnesota. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. That's for Hopkins. Oh, my goodness. Did he catch that? That's the touchdown catch of the year. Antonio Brown goes up and gets it. Touchdown. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. If you're not following me already on Twitter, follow me at Eric underscore Crocker. Uh, also follow my Press Coverage Podcast Twitter account at Press Cov Podcast. Um, a lot of stuff that we're talking about today, there will be a lot of posts, a lot of gifts um, on, on on the content and um, shoes, yeah, man. Let's jump right into it. All right. So first thing I want to talk about is Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore. All right. That was pretty much the matchup of the week. The last year, just last year, Mike Evans torched. Mike Evans torched Marshawn Lattimore. All right. In the first game, I mean, he, he went off 170-something yards, something like that. Um, bombed him for a long touchdown. Uh, he was open several other times, and Marshawn Lattimore really just had his hands full the entire game. Um, he tried to press. He tried off. He tried to press bail. Um, I think Mike Evans is a lot faster than people give him credit for, and it was showing up a lot in, in, in that game. You know, even with somebody like Marshawn Lattimore, who ran a, what, 4-3? So yeah, no, nah, I, I mean, just watching watching that game, um, the last the games, the two games last year, it, it was very impressive by Mike Evans, and, and from those games, I started thinking like, is Mike, is Mike Evans a a top five receiver? And, and I think so, right? I started watching several other games, and look at Mike Evans last year over fifteen hundred yards. Uh, I mean, from week to week, he didn't know who was throwing him the ball. Was it going to be Fitzpatrick? Was it going to be Jameis? Uh, finger sucking uh, Winston. Uh, he he had no idea who was going to be his quarterback from week to week. But the one thing that was constant was he was going to be the go-to guy. He was going to get the ball. Um, he was going to have you know big yards per catch, downfield touchdowns, fifteen hundred yards, man. Um, that's really an incredible feat. And uh, considering those circumstances. And a lot of people, you know, I got a lot of pushback from that, saying that there were a lot of other guys better than him. But it's like, man, what other guys are in that rough of a situation and still top of the league in production? Uh, it's just not something, it, it, to me, it's just not normal. And I, I thought that he has a rare blend of size, speed, athleticism, Goes and gets to 50-50 balls. I mean, do 6'5", 230 pounds. And one thing you'll hear is, well, he doesn't run good routes. That, that's not true because um, early in this game, when I post the the thread on the Marshawn Lattimore versus uh, Mike Evans, you'll see up top he, he ran a really good dig route, um, attacked Marshawn Lattimore's leverage, got wide open over the middle, um, did have some underneath help, but uh, – I mean, tremendous route. So you can see right off the bat, he he definitely understands the art of route running, leverage, 
Is it always pretty? No. It's not always going to be pretty for somebody that's 6'5", 230 pounds. It's not like this is a guy that's 6'1", 190 pounds, like say like a Stefan Diggs or something. This just not going to move the same. But with how big he is, I think he moves extremely well, a lot faster than people give him credit for, and a big-time receiver. All right. Well, I, 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 I cut on the film from this game, and – Usually, I'm able to watch the TV copy and get a good idea of, you know, how the battle went, get some up-close looks and views and things like that. Well, in this game, Mike Evans was only targeted three times. Zero catches. I said, man, that's no way. No way. When I checked on those numbers, I said, no way. Right? So, I thought maybe I was reading something wrong. So, I looked again and... Nope, sure enough, throughout the entire game, zero catches, three targets. And I'd say about 98% of the time, Marshawn Lattimore was on him. So I'm starting to think, how is that possible? So I watched the All-22 view. And All-22 gives you a really good uh, idea of what exactly is going on. How'd they cover him? All right, so let's go back to... Last year, the second matchup. So, in in, in the second matchup, um, Marshawn Lattimore versus Mike Evans. Mike Evans had, I believe, it was four catches for eighty six yards. It's like, man, four catches, eighty six yards. Well, obviously, that's not as bad as the previous matchup. But what, what did the Saints do differently? Well, they ran a lot more trap coverages, a lot more um, two man instead of single high. Um, they rolled a lot of safety help over the top. And even then, Mike Evans was able to get 86 yards or four catches. So, going to this week, I figured, you know what? They might go with the game plan that they did in the second matchup. And sure enough, it was very similar. And I thought even in this game, they ran more cover two. So, there were a lot of hole shots that... Uh, or I don't know if it was cover two or cover six. I, I have to look again. But I knew it was like to that side it was cover two. And um, there were a lot of opportunities for hole shots. Um, but when you have James Winston as your quarterback, you know, he's not always going to take advantage of things like that. So I, I'm watching it, and it just – they did some things I to to kind of help. Mike Evans, they moved him around. They, 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 they'd have him start wide. Um Motion him down to a tight split, you know, have him run routes. And it, 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 but it didn't seem like – it's really weird. I thought he played hard. I thought he ran hard. I, I thought that there were opportunities there to be had, but I, I didn't think that the Buccaneers' offensive line held up very very well. And I thought for the most part, Marshawn Lattimore had really good coverage. All right, so um, later in this episode, I'll be giving out – the game ball for receivers, but right now, um, game ball of the week, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, zero catch, zero zero catches against him. He did give up one catch against Godwin on was it a fourth down? It was it the third and long or fourth and long, like fourth and like ten, and Godwin caught like a twelve yard uh, curl where he kind of you might be able to say he pushed off a little bit, but uh, yeah, caught a curl route and. Uh, yeah, I think that was the only catch that Marshawn Lattimore even gave up all game. So game ball, defense game ball, Marshawn Lattimore, the matchup between 
Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore definitely won that matchup. All right, so that, that brings me to my next question. Is Marshawn Lattimore a top five cornerback? Um, we just watched him in the previous week against Amari Cooper, and I mean, I, I thought he played tremendously, right? Um, they spoke about it on the on the uh, telecast that Marshawn Lattimore's coaches said, you know, sometimes his play is up and down, but when he has to play against a big-time guy, he gets up for that, and he sure did against the Cowboys. Um, I mean, he was smothering Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper for the game had like four catches for 50 yards, and I know one of those catches was not on Marshawn Lattimore. Um, he was targeted a ton of times. Lattimore got his hands on a bunch of balls, um, broke up some passes, um, was contesting everything. Um, there were times where Dak Prescott had to damn near throw the ball into the ground um, just to try to get a completion to Amari Cooper. So uh, Marshawn Lattimore, man, I mean, when he's on, he's on. I think for him is going to be consistency. And I think for anybody that uh, – you know, aspires to be a top five cornerback, it's always going to come down to consistency. How, how do you play from week to week? That's something that he possibly needs to improve on. All right. And I'll be the first to admit, man, when, when Marshawn Lattimore was coming out of college, I was not high on him. Now, I was high on his ability. I thought that he was, I thought he was really good. Um, I, I thought that, you know, when you talk about hips, he had the speed. He ran like a 4-3 or something like that. You know, but while he ran a 4-3, he pulled a hamstring. And if you watched or if you knew anything about Marshawn Lattimore coming out of Ohio State, he had one really big issue. His hamstrings were terrible. All right. So, I mean, probably the worst hamstrings I've ever heard of. Like, that bad. You know, he, uh, the, I think he had to get, like, surgery on his hamstrings. I mean, have you ever heard of that? Somebody having to get surgery on their hamstrings? He had to get, like, surgery on his hamstrings. Um, they, they were so bad. He missed, like, an entire year because of this issue. And then the, at the combine, runs a 40, pulls up because of hamstrings. So I wouldn't have touched him. But that wasn't the takeaway from, you know, the talent that I think he had. Um, I, tremendous talent, good feet, hips. I thought he was very sound. Um, you know, the speed to run with anyone – I, I didn't think I saw anything that was uh, just jumped off the charts with him outside of, like, you know, obviously elite athleticism. But you didn't always see that on film like you did with, like, say, uh, Denzel Ward. With Denzel Ward, it was, like, clear, like, man, dude is freaky athlete, freaky athlete. Um, I didn't quite get that sense from Marshawn Lattimore, but um, really good, really good. But, yeah, I would have never touched him. Um, coming out, man, those, those hamstrings were just so bad. So I do see people, I'm a Fortnite fan, they're like, man, instead of Solomon Thomas, we could have Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't touch Marshawn Lattimore. Those 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 hamstrings, man. Um, and it's great to see him have a really good NFL career because just judging off his college stuff, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have touched the dude. All right. Um, let's move on to a wide receiver one. All right. The good the bad, and kind of some things I'm seeing, right? So right now, um, obviously, I mean, I say it all the time, I'm a 49er fan. And you saw last game, Jimmy Garoppolo had, uh, what was it, uh, you know, 187 passing yards or something like that. 
and the running game went off for like 275 rushing yards. Well, a lot of people are questioning, hey, 49ers don't have a wide receiver one. They need one. Look, Jimmy Garoppolo's only throwing for this amount of yards. Now, I'll say this. I, I do agree that, yeah, they could use somebody that could be reliable because there is going to be a time where maybe Jimmy Garoppolo has to throw for 300 yards to win the game. Ideally, you would hope that the 49ers can continue to lean on the run game. I mean, it's just, I mean, they're, 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 they're running so well. They're averaging 200 rushing yards a game, which is like, Crazy. I don't know how sustainable that is throughout a year, but that's some freaky numbers right there running the ball. That, that That's crazy. Uh, but at some point, they are going to need somebody that can, you know, hey, I, I know I can count on this guy to just get open on a curl route or out route or slant or, you know, catch the ball. Now, 49ers have some young receivers. Uh, one guy, you know, Debo Samuel, the talent's there. The opportunity might not be there right now, right? Not not, not a lot of targets. All right, Let, let's put this in perspective, okay? Um, right now, we have, and let me go to my notes really quick. All right, right now, 49ers receivers have 36 catches. These are the outside guys. 36 catches, 481 yards, 55 targets. Keenan Allen alone has more catches, 38 on less targets, 53, which is two less. Now, now that's two less targets and two more catches than the entire 49ers receiver group together. All right. Um, 49ers have 481 yards. Keenan Allen has 471 yards. So on one hand, you look at it and it's like, well, they're not force feeding anybody the ball. They're not really throwing the ball a whole ton, which why would you when you're running for 200 yards a game? But... Do the 49ers kind of need that guy, right? That wide receiver one. All right. And when you have a wide receiver one, how does that affect your offense? Good or bad, right? And let's talk about the mentality of a wide receiver one. I think those are the guys that a lot of times are um, labeled as divas. And they want the ball. And a lot of times they want the ball. More times than not, what I hear is they want the ball because they feel like they can help the team win. Well, Diggs, Stefan Diggs, from the sounds of it, and if you take even his uh, his comments that he made to the media, if you t- take those into to consideration, he wants out of Minnesota. And the weird thing is, they're not doing bad. They're 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 winning some games, but they're winning in a different way than they won previously. They are leaning more on the run game with Dalvin Cook. And I'm pretty sure Minnesota Vikings uh, coaches were like, well, Dalvin Cook is cooking, right? He, I mean, dude, dude's balling. He's doing his thing. And if that's helping the Vikings win, so be it. Last game against the Giants, Cook had 132 yards on 21 carries. They they beat the Giants 28 to 10. Now, I know the Giants aren't that good, but, yeah, they beat them. Now, here's the thing. They are giving one of their receivers the Brock, and that's Adam Thielen. Thielen had seven catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Now, uh, Stephon Diggs that game, three catches, 44 yards, only four targets. So he's frustrated. He's frustrated with his role. He wants the ball. And sometimes that kind of causes like a rift in the locker room. So do you start force-feeding him the ball and kind of do something out of what you want the game plan to be? 
that's the type of thing sometimes that you might run into when you have a wide receiver one. We also see something going on with Odell Beckham in Cleveland. Now, Odell, he's not making a big scene. You don't hear him. Um, and I think really you don't really hear Odell. I think he gets labeled a diva because he's more of a rock star. Um, he did do the one interview with Justina Anderson and Lil Wayne, which I thought was kind of weird, but whatever. Uh, where he did, you know, say some things alluding to like, you know, if, hey, if you guys uh, throw me the ball more, we'll probably be winning more. But all in all, um, you don't really hear a whole lot from Odell. I think it's just because of how he kind of looks. And sometimes some of the things he does on the field, um, you know, he got in a fight with the kicking net. Um, you know, he, he just does some things, you know, yelling, screaming, which I, I, I just think he's like extremely passionate, right? He just wants to win. Well, the Cleveland Browns right now, they have no identity. And part of the reason why they have no identity is because they're trying to force feed the rock to all these Guys, all these stars, right? You have Odell Beckham. I have to get Odell Beckham the ball. He's like arguably the best receiver in the league, top three, right? Just from a talent pers- uh, perspective. Now, from numbers perspective, last couple years, he's had some injuries, things like that. His first three years were crazy. Um, since then, he had a little bit of injuries here and there. But from a talent perspective, it's like, dude, is he's remarkable, right? And nothing he can't do. Well, the Cleveland Browns can't figure out how to get him involved. And that's an issue. And if you can't figure it out, what are you doing? First play of the game, they ran this like reverse toss to, <clears throat> excuse me, reverse toss to Odell Beckham, rolled back the other way, and threw the ball to uh, Jarvis Landry for a completion downfield. It's like, that's how you're trying to get Odell Beckham involved. The very next play, they threw a screen to Odell Beckham. He dropped it. All right. Um, I think for the rest of the game, I think he only had two catches. Odell had, what, two catches for, two catches, 27 yards. All right. Um, on six targets. So you look at that and you say, how, how don't you get this guy involved? Well, I don't think they know how. And it's not going to get any easier in a couple of weeks when they get back uh, Kareem Hunt. So you're going to have Nick Chubb, who really I think you would ideally want the offense to run through him. Um, you have Kareem Hunt, but then you have all these targets. You got Callaway. You got Beckham. You got Landry. Um, you got Njoku, Njoku, who I think he's hurt right now. But you you have Higgins, who eventually will come back, who might even be their second best receiver. You would think behind Odell, but right now Landry, I think, has been more the guy. You have all these talented guys. What are you going to do to keep them all happy? What are you going to do to get them the ball? Especially when you have polarizing guys like Odell Beckham. Well, have to run your offense. And Kitchens, I think right now he's in an, having an identity crisis because he's trying to please everybody. And you, you can't. And I think when you look at the other side of it, you see what Kyle Shanahan is doing. He's not trying to please any receivers. He's just running his offense. And if you happen to be getting the rock, which I think they do, you know, there's a lot that they do to get the ball into uh, Kittle's hands, but everything runs off of that run game. And I think everybody in that locker room understands it. Um, There might be a time where the run game isn't working, but for now, for now, they're killing it. And the 
Vikings, they're in the same predicament. Uh, they're running the rock very well. Some of the receivers aren't as happy. But man, shoot, as a matter of fact, Adam Thielen came out and said, uh, at some point you're going to have to be able to throw the ball downfield. I mean, you're taking shots at your quarterback now, who's making almost $100 million guaranteed. So I'm interested to see how that whole thing plays out. Um, it's really tough, man, when you have these wide receiver ones, these guys want the ball, and is it almost better to just have guys that fit your system? I think that's kind of the route that the 49ers have gone. So we'll see how that affects offenses going forward. It's always nice to have that guy, but I think you have to for sure have a way to incorporate him in your offense. Let's read off some of these uh, Blue Wire podcast um, sponsors. All right. The first one is Harry's. All right. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave, it hasn't changed much. All right, the ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features on the features on their uh, razors. They focus on delivering with actually what actually matters: sharp, durable blades at a very fair price. All right. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave. I'm bald headed. I shave every uh, every other day. All right. And I like what Harry's does for me. All right. Uh, it's very low price. You know, so shoot, do me a favor and check out harrys.com slash blue wire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return uh, to the essential quality, durable blades at a very fair price. Just two dollars per, per blade. Harry's is super convenient. Blades refills and delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without your subscription. All right, and there's no risk to you trying them out at all. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. All right, so, hey, listen, all of my followers, redeem your Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle or ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin nice smooth and hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor from you know dry and easy to grab on the go so go to harrys.com slash blue wire and start your shaving better today following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming trying to figure out you know everything happening in sports is it's almost impossible trust me i have two tvs i'm looking at right in front of me the sports on each channel it is hard there's a lot of stuff going on all right so scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is damn near impossible that's why i subscribe to xl sports the best free daily newsletter in the land xl sports is the modern sports page delivery directly to your email inbox when you sign up for free at sportsaxios.com, you will get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket, shoot, even ping pong, and everything in between. XL Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple, and the sign up it's free. So sports.xls.com. Not only will you be caught up. You'll be the friend sharing all the amazing link with your buddies. All right, so join the hundreds of thousands that have already, you know, caught up with it. And, um, yeah, get going. And the best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is a free 
curated sports content delivered directly to you. So sign up at sports.xios.com. Again, try for free, 99 at sports.xios.com. All right, real quick, I want to go over, okay, what happens with A.J. Green? So A.J. Green, you know, he sprained his ankle, or he had an ankle injury the first day of training camp. That was a long time ago, all right? And he hasn't played since. Now, A.J. Green is, what, 30 years old, 31 years old. He's entering his contract year. What are they going to do with him? You would think that, well, he's going to be a lifelong Bengal, right? And I don't know about that. You know, right now, the Bengals have two receivers that are kind of, you know, trending in the right direction. You have a new head coach. And those two receivers, you got Tyler Boyd, who – Tyler Boyd was a 1,000-yard receiver last year, and right now he's on pace for more than 1,000 yards. So through the first quarter of the season, he's already, what, over what, around 500 yards, 400-something yards. I think he's 460 yards right now. So he's playing extremely well. You have John Ross, who's finally trending in the right direction. All right. Um, you have another guy, Erickson. You know, they have some guys that they have a nice little core group. But the team is 0-5, and I'm pretty sure after this year, A.J. Green will walk. So why not get some compensation for him? Now, if he does walk, I think you automatically would get like a third-round comp- uh, compensatory pick for him. Uh, so, or, yeah, compensatory pick. That's what they call it, right? Compensation? Whatever. Compensatory pick. Um, you'll get like a third-round pick for him. So, I, but I think that... He, you know, he can help another team more. So should the team come calling? The, the, the Bengals are on five right now, on five. They're doing well with their receivers. They have no need to keep it going with A.J. Green. And I think he could have probably been back by now. How much does he really want to come back to that, to an on five team? So I actually wrote an article um, at 4th and 9, uh, it's a 49ers uh, uh, blog, that I write for, and um, I threw out the pitch, hey, 49ers need to try to trade for A.J. Green. And the 49ers shouldn't be the only team that try to trade for him. I'm pretty sure, you know, any team that's trying to get over that hump, um, be a legit contender, they need to make a move on on this guy. Because I think right now he can be had for the low. All right, now it might cost you a third this year maybe, and maybe a future draft pick or a player, but I think if he's healthy, which – I mean, he sat out long enough. He should be damn near 100% by now. I think uh, he really helps the team take that next step. Now, he might just be a rental, and we saw that last year with Golden Tate. Golden Tate, uh, you know, he was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles for a third-round pick. Well, they made it to the divisional round. I think he caught a late touchdown in one of those games to kind of really help um, the Philadelphia Eagles. But, uh, you know, he was a rental. He's not on the Eagles right now, but he was part of the reason why they were, you know, he contributed to them making a deep playoff round. Divisional round, I still think that's deep. All right, that's one game away from the NFC Championship. Uh, we saw the impact that Amari Cooper had on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, still right now, I mean, they haven't re-signed him. So they were able to exercise that fifth-year option, which I think that the uh, Raiders did prior to trading him, and that's kind of what he's playing on now. But Cowboys don't know if he's going to re-sign. 
I don't even know if the Cowboys have the money. And what you would have to re-sign him, uh, Amari Cooper for is a lot different than what you have to sign uh, A.J. Green for. A.J. Green is 30, 31 years old. Amari Cooper is like 24 years old when he got traded. Um, still in his prime. A.J. Green is at the end of his prime, but I still think at this time right now he can help a team like the 49ers. Um, and, again, other teams too. I mean, shoot, if I'm the New England Patriots, I mean, I know they've traded for um, Josh Gordon last year. Uh they signed Antonio Brown to a bunch of money and cut him this year. They could still be in the market trying to find a receiver because it seems like they're turning over every stone to kind of bring in that guy. So I would hate for him to go to the Patriots. Hopefully the Bengals win, trade him to them. But I think his time in Cincinnati is up. And he's t- I'm pretty sure he's tired of getting bounced out of the playoffs first round every year. A team needs to make a move on them. And shoes. I mean, for my liking, I hope it's the 49ers. All right. And the last thing I want to talk about real quick, I want to give a game ball to Will Fuller of the Houston Texans. And I think I want to do a thread on that because it's like, how the hell did he get 14 catches, 217 yards, and three touchdowns? We know he's a speedster. He was that coming out of um, not Baylor. What for? Was it Baylor? He came out, no, because Corey Coleman came out the same year. So it's not Baylor, because that's where Corey Coleman came from. Let's see. I'm pretty sure I know this. Notre Dame, that's what it was. It was Notre Dame. Sorry about that. Um, So Will Fuller come out of Notre Dame, which he was a deep ball threat there. He had Deshaun Kaiser. Um, throwing him the ball. And if you remember, Deshaun Kaiser, the next year he didn't have Will Fuller. He was not very good. And it really hasn't been very good since then. So it's like, hey, did Will Fuller make Deshaun Kaiser? I think so. Um, so, but, yeah, speed guy. And I believe that was the same draft as Michael Thomas. And I was saying, well, Michael Thomas is the best receiver in this draft, which I still think he was. I have no idea. I mean, everybody wanted to Corey Coleman and – Laquan Treadwell and uh, Josh Doxson. And I wasn't really high on Fuller. I was the highest on Michael Thomas. But, man, if Fuller can just stay healthy, this guy's legit. He could be a legit receiver in his league. I mean, and and if you're complimenting uh, DeAndre Hopkins, what better situation is there for a receiver that wants to be a really good wide receiver too? Compliment a guy like that. So I'm excited to see what this guy can do moving forward. Is this like a one-time thing? Um, I think one thing that can't be overlooked is maybe the impact that Larry McTunsell might have on that offensive line. Uh, Deshaun Watson over the last couple of years has taken more sacks in his than probably anybody in the NFL. They traded, what, two first-round picks. for, and, and that's another thing with draft capital. They traded two. What, what's it worth? Right? What's it worth to have somebody that's really going to help you? Right? That you know what they are. Vermin Tunsil is helping Deshaun Watson. That's zero. He didn't get sacked at all Sunday. And that's giving him time to be able to push the ball downfield, which maybe he wouldn't have that time otherwise. Right? You think they're going to miss those first round draft picks? Not if Vermin Tunsil keeps blocking that way. Right? So, um, yeah, I'm really uh, curious to see if Will Fuller can continue that going. And 
Seriously, I think that's going to close out this segment. I think next segment, I, I really, I mean, uh, I was supposed to have my buddy on, and we're going to talk about a lot of things, and he kind of threw me off with not coming on. Yes, Jerome, I'm talking about you. <laughs> but um, I'll hopefully have him on next week. And I will also, I want to kind of touch on some 707 stuff since 707 season's coming on. So I know a lot of you out there probably coach 707. I'll talk to you guys a little, a little bit about what we do here in Stockton and um, the sponsors that we have, sponsored by Battle uh, Sports. But some really good stuff. But, yeah, I'll try to keep it as most uh, NFL as possible and maybe get into some college guys, right? Um, almost midway through the college football season, and there will be some prospects that we'll be talking about. So I'll get into all that and more right here on the Press Coverage Podcast. <laughs> 